Hey, it's Barstool Buddhas, and we're back. I'm still Jai. This is not Rip. I'm Paul. Ooh, he's Paul. And we're going to do a little bit different thing today. We're going to interview Paul. We're going to have a conversation uh, just about some stuff. Uh, music mainly, I think, because we both like music a lot. And uh, uh, I, for one, not to, not to give away the whole thing, I'm not real happy with the state of music today, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but we'll start with... Have a different yeah, he'll start with Paul, because he's always digging up stuff I never hear about and proving me I'm wrong. So we might as well start with me on the wrong side of this anyway, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead, Paul. Tell them what you are and who you do, or this is who you do and what you are, or who, whatever. Um, I'm Paul. This is my dad. Uh, play a lot of music. I don't know. Uh, I got it all. It seems to be a family thing. Uh, a lot of people in my family play music, me, my brother, dad, my cousins, uh, my uncle, everybody's really interested in the guitar especially. I'm more interested really in songwriting. Mm. Yeah, uh, you do a lot of that. Yeah, uh, either write poetry or write songs, I don't, and I don't know what to make of it other than I do it. You do it, okay. Um, I don't really have anything to show off with, but I uh, have a writing partner who's excellent. It's always better to have somebody who has a different set of skills than you, so you can focus on the creative aspect. He has a lot of production skills, and, and it's fun. Yeah. So what is your focus? I mean, um, right now I know you're working on a big project. You and your you and Jay have been working on a lot of stuff for a couple of years. I've heard a lot of the music, and... Uh, you just keep refining it and refining it and refining. It's gonna it's gonna be like bourbon. It's gotta be forty years old before you let it. Well, we go set out to record a hundred songs, but we only had forty, so that required us to write sixty more. Mm. So now we're at eighty. 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 And so when we do when we finish that project, we're gonna choose what we consider the best representatives of our work. Really refine those and hopefully press a vinyl record out of it yeah because i've always just wanted to be able to take it off the shelf put the needle down and listen to our music together like that mm. yeah i miss the uh god i sound like my father now but the old days you know i would save up whatever money i needed to to buy whether it was the new rolling stones or whoever it was coming out and you'd sit and stare at the cover and the liner notes for hours oh yeah while you listen to the music i miss those days there was something to that and even though it's much more easy now to stream something or just click back and forth and or you got a cd or whatever the thing is now it misses some of the adventure. Some of the experience, I think, was lost by all that. Well, it's the same thing as the difference between reading a newspaper or a book or reading it on an electronic device. There is some aesthetic. There's the smell of the book is not there. Mm. So, you know, and I think, but speaking of changes, and we talked a little bit about this, I know you were really uh, involved uh, early on with music because of me. Yes. We're always playing all this influence and stuff, but... Um, one of my my generation, everybody loved the Beatles. Not everybody, but most of the people I knew loved the Beatles. Yeah. And, and we loved them for years and years. And so during the last few weeks, they've come out with what is their last song now and then. Well, that's what they say. You know, yeah. As long as McCartney's breathing, I'm not sure anything's going to be last until they put him in the ground. But <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was kind of a, an interesting 
thing that the Stones and the Beatles have new music right now, and it's mm. 2023, and so there's still that conversation, Stones or the Beatles, and I say both, mm. um, but the Stones is a far su superior piece of work because it's very original, they've pulled from all the resources of all of their heroes and compadres and other people to put together a, an original piece of music that fits now, but still holds the Stones sound. But mm. the other is, the Beatles song is nice because it's just a piece of nostalgia. It's a, mm. it's a now and then I think about the good times we had kind of a feeling to it. And so it's very much a, it's, it's, there's no rock star left in that band. Hmm. They're, they're, they're pop singers. Hmm. They're cultural icons, but there's no... The, the Stones is chock full of rock stars. Oh, yeah. John Lennon was the rock star of the Beatles. Hmm. Paul may have had the best rock voice, but the real rock star, the real contrarian in the whole group was John Lennon. Oh, yeah. And so all you can say is we had a great time back then, and I think about it sometimes. Yeah, just but wrapping it up. The Stones are like... <laughs> I mean, they're screaming, ass. don't be angry with me, 80-year-old man. Don't be angry with me. And yeah. he gives you the idea he's more angry than who would be angry with him. They they, oh, yeah. they still have that energy to them. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm amazed that they, they turned that out when they did. It's I saw them good. twice, and it was incredible. I saw Paul McCartney. It was great because I got to see it with my aunt and my mom, who were Beatle people, and I was named after Paul, so it, it was nice. But you really want to rock. Listen to the Stones. Why were you named after Paul McCartney? Born on his birthday. Born on his birthday. Yep. And at that age, it seemed like a good reason to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, why not, you know? It could have been worse. I could be, you know, named after Ernest Borgnine. Oh, that would not be great. <laughs> so, you know, the music, though, we were talking about the music. I, I The whole AI thing where they isolated that, uh, everybody's all panicked about that. I think that particular uh, technology worked really well. Well, yeah. They isolated that out. Uh, for for that music, to, if you do it to improve something, to clarify it, well, that could have some real. You could go back and you could restore some things that that have, the tapes are not so good or the records. You could actually we could bring them back up to a really good part and keep them for a long and time. If they apply this to some films, which are lost to time, or lost, pieces and parts are lost, and they have different pieces of these lost films. Some of them won Academy Award Best Pictures. Hmm. The very first Academy Award pictures. There's no original print for wings yeah there's pieces and parts of it but if you could use ai to extract some of the stuff that can be salvaged from burned up warehouse that happened that destroyed just thousands or people just going back and recording over old episodes of like the original first four seasons i guess of like uh the variety shows that were so popular with Ed Sullivan and stuff mm. like that well they would just go over and use the same original master tapes to record and film football games on them. So that's just, it's just lost. Yeah, the tape used to be very expensive. I dealt with a little bit of 16-track recording, and I remember the the, uh, the hourly rate at the studio was expensive, but the tape was real expensive, and you couldn't afford to lose that tape. And never, but nobody ever thought that any of that would be valuable later on. But now, because culture was different, now... If anything ever made a dollar, there will be a remake. 
It will only be a matter of time before Gilligan's Island is a television show, but it's very violent. <laughs> You're it's Dominican Republic, Haiti kind of thing, where they got the island divided off and professors in one army and captains in the other. Absolutely right. Uh, you know, they'll have to get rid of some of the tropes with the headhunters and stuff like that, but they will replace those with militants. Um, it was, but so there is this rehashed culture of stuff like nothing. Nothing can be left alone. They even remade Shazam. Yeah. How much content can be there? Uh, I think it's a, lot, a lack of creativity getting to the fore. It's just uh, yeah. creating more dollars or creating something that looks like something and to an end. But it's not real creativity. I don't think. Not like the level that we were used to with the music that came from the city. And even you go back, talk about Gershwin and those guys. Yeah. They had a high level of creativity that still shines today. But there was stuff around those folks that was coming out and was popular. But it, by any standard then, it wasn't as great. And it's not great now. So you're always going to have people who can do the creativity. Uh, and, and I know you find stuff all the time and show me when I complain that music is dead. No, it's and you... you Click on the stuff that I never heard of and never saw, and it's, like, wonderful. Well, the definitions have changed. And so, like, okay, before you got this top 100, which, if you look at it going back 60 years, there's a lot of garbage in there. But the Bay City Rollers, but, no offense. You know, in the early <laughs> 70s, you still had this other thing, but you had to seek it out. Like, so Frank Zappa, for example, or... Number of items that was never going to get radio play. The Grateful Dead had one top 10 hit called Truckin' and one top 10 hit 30 years later called Touch of Grey. But they did 200 and something shows a year. They had a huge, massive following. Their music was very popular in certain circles. Modern technology means now that I don't have to be shown what to like. There are people making all kinds of music all around the world. I say my top five listening to bands right now are Australian. Really? Because they use guitars, they've got attitude, and they've got a quirky lyrics, and they, they, they have that rock star, they might not make it feeling to them. Mm. You know, now they want, they don't, culture changes so that you don't really have the, the emaciated sort of spastic singer anymore. Mm. We even did that with new new wave. I mean, David Byrne is a very odd man to watch him perform. You're not going to see anything else quite like it. You're, he does rise a level of a little bit of concern as you watch it. Is this guy <laughs> all right? <laughs> this is not my beautiful wife. <laughs> you know, what is this? But then that's classic to me now. I just love that stuff. Uh, there's always stuff that is going to get overshadowed by the Taylor Swift or or the most popular artist of the day, or, and all the little wannabe tailors. That's, I don't mind Taylor Swift. It's the, everybody who said, oh, that works, so I'm going to get in that business model, just like all the miniature Elvises that came along. Mm. Very few of those guys serve, have a collection of music that's still listened to. Mm. Um, and, you know... We, I keep looking back. At the age I am, I got more behind me than I do in front of me. So the things I liked are a lot of them I know, and I go revisit them, right? right? But I do look ahead and try to find something. But there was a time, especially in the last 10, 15 years, where I really got 
just really disappointed and depressed over music. I mean, especially now I do draw a line between hip hop and and rap because there is, and there I'm is not. I'm not. I mean, it's it's not my thing, but I realize that you know the hip hop has a musicality to it. There's something I, I, I can get in, but especially the gangster rap. When it came out, it was really, it really made me feel uncomfortable as far as a music source right. because I, it was a poetry, it was a protest, it was this, that, and a reaction, a cultural, societal reaction to the life that these folks were having, right. the gangster rap. But still, uh, that's not why I listen to a lot of music. That's some music. You know, I used to listen to John Lennon. He had protest stuff going on. Right. You know, we had the 60s. They always had protest music. But it wasn't all there was to it. And so it's a, it's down in these silos now. You know, you're this. You're you're a Taylor Swifty or you're you're this or you're that. And this is your main thing. And, and I remember in 1967, I got my first real radio. It sat on my desk in my room. And I would listen to radio stuff, WKGN, 1340, I think it was. You would be listening to Motown one minute and be listening to Steppenwolf the next minute. Yeah. And then you'd be listening to Barbara Streisand the next minute. And it would just roll through all this music on AM radio. You never know what was coming out, but you got excited about it. They were all two minutes or something. So how much pain can you go through in two minutes, right? right? But you got this wide exposure to all this music. And I think that's part of what made it. The music explode. People were borrowing from each other very, very thoroughly back and forth. It's like the stories in, up in Motown where all the artists that worked in Motown would be on everybody else's record. And they would try to make that the best record they were going to do. That's oh, yeah. the best Motown record we're going to get right now. Tomorrow, uh, when uh, the Temptations were in there and everybody's behind them. They were making the best record that Motown ever made. Every time they stepped in that studio, they brought the talent in to do that. Right. They, I know they were all probably driven for their own success. I'm pretty sure. And Smokey Robinson, those guys, you know, they were, I'm kind of the best at what I do or Marvin Gaye. I'm kind of the best at what, but when they got together and they pulled together, Motown just blew up. And you know that? Well, yeah, it's like a, if you could get Carol Kay to play bass, you get Carol Kay to play bass. Yeah. That's you, it. You got the person that could do it. And always in the pocket and always knows a new groove and knows that uh, playing good bass isn't playing every note on the bass every second. She's pretty amazing. That whole group out there, the, the wrecking crew out there. Yeah. And what did they call the guys at Motown? They had a name too. Yeah, but they had, they had, People up there were just incredible. There still haven't been people come along that are any much better than most of those guys. They were really good at what they did. But I don't, and I don't pay that much attention to it. It's all seems more cultural affectation now when you make the videos and stuff and the style and having your brand and having your following. It, that all used to come with the music. You put the music out, you put the Rolling Stones out here or the Beatles or whoever it was at the time. They had their brand, what we call a brand, but they were making that music and everything followed behind it. Now it's like, here comes the brand, and what are we going to do this week to keep people's attention on it? Well, they're the archetype, um, but they had that phenomenon thing. Like, now Taylor Swift has it. Elvis had it. Uh, there's been pockets of people having this huge, where they could fart on a record and people would buy it just to see what their farts sound like. Yep. Um, so, but... Then there's all the pretenders. And so genre music, like the difference between R&B and rap. Rap 
It's percussion. That's what it is. If you're listening for more nuance, listen to R&B, because it has great drums and bass. So it has a percussion, but it also has electronic influences and melody. A lot of times a rap song won't have melody. Hmm. It has percussive lyrics. It's meant to be percussive. It's very in your face. And so some of it I really like. And I admit that I like some of it that's more comedy-based or or, uh, fun. Hmm. Uh, But I think one of the best rappers now, creators, is Tyler the Creator. Is his name. I've not heard of him. And it's just, he has a song called Earthquake. And it's just fantastic. It's somewhere between R&B and rap. And it's a little rock element to it. So he's taken what he likes of different genres and puts them together and creates this new thing. Hmm. That's what I like about music. Is I like musicality. You can do anything, but put some music around it that's quality. That's what I like. I like, I like the sonic sound to be professional and, and have some integrity to it. You know, well, I struggle with punk rock back in the day because it's like, oh, punk rock yeah. Well, I've gotten used to it over the years, and it's not quite what it was back then. But I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was a full stop, and something else coming when that came through. Well, right? I feel it was the necessary thing to end disco. Disco's fine, but it shouldn't. It's like Marvel movies. Why are those the most popular? Why was disco the most popular? It had something else had to come along that was anti-disco. People wanted to dance stuff. People wanted to dance all that cocaine. They had to have something to do. Well, yeah, the music is in context. There are contexts and places and situations you would be in. Well, rap music is the only thing that would fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, don't listen to Pink Floyd driving at night. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's not the place for it. Uh, techno music sounds best in a big, empty warehouse that's dark and people dancing. If you try to listen to that stuff while you take a nap, you're not going to go to sleep. Well, you know, to be fair to, to disco, and, and I hated disco. I was uh, the waving the flag, kill disco now, you know. Right. But if you go back, people like Donna Summer and some of those people, they were really very talented. And there's some of the songs from that. Like oh, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. Earth, Wind, and Fire was a kick-ass band. Oh, yeah. They were really Casey good. And, and I'm not sure band. they were really disco, but, you know, that, that era. And you had these people that came in, and they would shine from there. I, I listen on the radio now, and I'm like, I like it. Oh, yeah. In 1978, you'd have had to put a gun to my head to get me to listen to a whole one of those things. But, you know, things change, and you get some relevance about, well, what did we have in this that we don't see now? Well, that- find this to be sort of true across the board, okay? Uh, I tend to like newer music as it's coming out. So I liked Nirvana in 1990. But people who would not listen to that then consider it to be classic rock and don't turn it off the radio when it comes on. They could handle it now. But when it came out, it was sort of an assault on what they knew about music what was acceptable, what they wanted to hear, and now they've heard it enough and they've accepted it enough. You can't really hear a song until you've heard it five times mm, anyway. Yeah. So so it's it's interesting. And I, you know, like I say, because of you, I've listened to other things that have come on. I kind of got into the trap. Well, the best is over and this is just what's left. And I this, this is not my area. Right. But, you know, every once in a while you pick some stuff up and, and you listen to a song. That's really great. And, uh, yeah, I've discovered a lot of new stuff over just the last two years. Uh, I think it comes down to this. When I was in my 20s, it was a bad time kind of for music. Because music was so changing into 
this more electronic and produced music and, and bringing in all these other things. And they really hadn't perfected it yet. There was a lot of just almost their music. And so I just started going back and listening to Cat Stevens and Donovan and all the stuff from the 70s. And then I started listening to outside of the Beatles of the Stones, started listening to more Who and the Kinks and these other Beatlemania-like bands. And then, then I got into some of what the hits were back then, yeah. you know, and... uh and I never really have gotten that much into music from about 93 to 8. Hmm. Because it was this transitional period of music where they hadn't really figured out what to do with the new technology. It didn't really match with the stuff. They were trying to use new technology with old technology, and there was no cohesion between it. So a lot of it just came off as just, just printing them off as fast as they could to see what was going to hmm. work. And then very few stuff from there has really got that much play now. Hmm. Even though stuff from 1968, 78, 88, not a, not a day goes by that I don't hear Steve Perry on the radio. <laughs> well, yeah, so <laughs> he's still around. But you know, I like some of that when it was out. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that something's going on. I, I hear more and more, and uh, what I see on YouTube now, they've got uh, this fusion of uh, jazz band. And they're taking modern songs and singing them in that genre. Have you seen those? Oh yeah, the postmodern jukebox. Oh, I, and that's this, and it's like it's like a it's it's, it's confusing at times. I turned it on. I went, this is like a, a New Orleans jazz band, and they're playing all these songs. Oh yeah, it's great. and they're actually the what I got was a fuller appreciation of some of the songs they were doing because you would never I would never think of them done in another genre that they would even fit that. And actually, a couple of songs I've heard fit that genre better than they did on oh, the radio absolutely. when they came out. They're really good songs. They're really excellent music. And that's the thing about I really like, even though it's sort of strange, sometimes 50s and 60s music, it was written by two writing partners on a piano in an office, in some little office in New York somewhere, and then you give the guy or the girl with a great voice and a great band these songs... Sometimes they gave the most popular off of these songs. And so if you're going to give Tom Jones this great song, well, you should have gave it to uh, someone else. <laughs> because that guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> he had a good voice. He did, but he didn't know what he was singing about. Well, there would have been some nuance to it. Other well, than he was just, from Wales, isn't he from Wales? Yeah, it's just kind of this bubblegum music. Yeah, of the English popular. people start writing me nasty grams now. We have <laughs> viewers in Germany, which is really, I thought, strange. <laughs> we are here. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about that. We've kind of gone around in circles, but that's okay. If you watch a video on YouTube, people do that regularly. It's probably a whole genre of its own going around in circles. So, I mean, your project, uh, do you have a timeline for it yet? Or you got a target? Or are you just letting this thing go as long as it needs to go? Well, uh, like I said, we, we want to have a hundred or so tracks recorded, written, and then decide from amongst those and put out some sort of smaller project in it. We want to make uh, videos for it of different types uh you've made a lot of videos on youtube so far most of those have been practice really but uh, they're very unique they very are this was like talk about dave david byrne you know i, I think of david byrne when i watch your videos not because of the style but there's just something you can you still use the word avant-garde 
A little you, bit. You, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's set apart, and I like it. But you're really going to call the new album Century, right? You took 100, <laughs> the best, the, you call it the best of the century? Best of your 100th century, right? I think we're going to call it Brouhaha. Brouhaha. <laughs> You'll confuse people. Well, again, I would say they'll say no, thank you. I go to Starbucks. It's an extreme reaction <laughs> to something. No That'd worries. be a good name for a coffee shop. Brouhaha it would be. There probably is one. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'd be looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I hadn't gotten around to hearing you play that a lot of stuff live since you've been moving around. But yeah, uh, we've really settled down into the writing and recording process. Uh, and Jay's got some medical stuff, and so and. Uh, so we decided to learn to play bass. Yeah. 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 So I got a bass. He plays bass. We've uh, been working on that. And uh, he's much more of a... I never really... Jay was hiding the fact that he's a fantastic guitar player for me for all these years. Yeah. So if we ever do another musical product, I'm putting my guitar down. He's playing. We're going to find another drummer. Because it's a waste of time for him not to be playing guitar. Mm. Yeah, I've noticed on some of the tracks that... I was quite impressed with the guitar work, and I thought, I thought, who's doing that? It's Jay. It's Jay. So, well, I'm looking forward to hearing the, the final thing, and uh, uh, we'll have you back. So, we probably won't do much more on this. Uh, we'll do part two, whatever you want to do, part two. Uh, this is just kind of get us started. Like I said, we try to do something different on uh, Barstool Buddhist. We've done the driving while dead. <laughs> There's a couple of those are Barstool yeah. boot bits where I get up in the middle of the night and start jabbering at the camera. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't work real well most of the time. Uh, but this is something different because we had envisioned Barstool Buddhist to be uh, more more like this kind of chat. And uh, we got drawn in with the world, of course. All this, you know, It's like the world's going to hell and it's on fire. It's hard not to talk about it. But then when you go on YouTube, everybody's talking about it. So maybe we yeah. thought, okay, let's go in a little bit different direction. You know, We started the thing before with kindness, what a concept, forbearance, trying, oh, to, nice. trying, to, drag, trying to drag out of the sewer and say, okay, there is some positive here. And, yeah. in, and, and on top of what's positive, People like yourself, you're sitting in rooms making music, trying to do something uh, positive and, and motivating for other people. I mean, I know that's not your intention, but I know that's what will come up because that's what you put into it. So that's what we kind of want to go on this channel. So we're going to try to do more of these things. So um, we're probably going to stop at this point and uh, uh, we'll come back with another one. So. Um, it's good to have you back, and we've tried not to make it two months in a row, although some people don't like to hear from us that often anyway, so <laughs> it'll be okay. So we're going to go. Barstool Boot is out.